Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Uh, I know we did over here in sunny South Florida. Um, I'm glad to be back with you guys today. I've missed you very much. So uh, thanks for being here with me today. Um, I wanted to have a chat today about the new rules, split and shared visits that came out in the final rule. We saw that um, in November, December, we've had a chance to talk about it, see how it is. But now that it's live and we're actually reporting that, I thought we would chat. Um, and I have to tell you that I was inspired by my friend Lena, who's the president of the Naples chapter of AAPC here in Florida, as well as my friend Betsy Nicoletti from Coding Intel. And by the way, she has a very detailed presentation with some handouts on split and shared visits, and it's incredible. So I really recommend you to check out Coding Intel and Betsy Nicoletti for more information on uh, split and shared visits. Today, we're just going to have a chat about it. Just talk about it, you know, how it affects you and me. How do we understand this uh, away from the final rule wording or, you know, that um, standard wording. So we're just going to chat about what I think the new split and shared visits mean uh, for 2022, which is probably going to be our most difficult year because, I, you know, as we all know, and as I think I predicted in my crystal ball, um, <laughs> in 2023, are the way we select evaluation and management codes, both office and facility, are going to change significantly. So we just have to kind of get through 2022. And that's going to be a little difficult because we've got 95 guidelines, 97 guidelines. We've got our 2021 guidelines, and they all apply to facilities in some point. So um, split insured visits is when both a non-physician practitioner or qualified healthcare professional or extender or mid-level or whatever word you use to describe your nurse practitioners, your physician assistants, your clinical nurse specialists, those types of providers that are eligible to do evaluation and management, right? So um, when both the NPP and the physician, so there's your MDs and your DOs, very clean cut. When they're both seeing a patient that is in a facility setting, whether they be inpatient, outpatient, observation, ED, nursing home, um, skilled living or skilled uh, nursing care, that's where the both of the providers seeing the patient can join their time together or the join their notes together and they can report the entire encounter under one of the two providers NPI for reimbursement. So that's kind of great. First of all, you know, it's not two people seeing the patient. And a lot of you know that in a hospital setting, patients can take a turn either for the worst or for the better from the morning to the evening. So let's say, for instance, the NPPs do their rounds in the morning and they see the patients and they, you know, evaluate how they're doing and make recommendations throughout the day. And then later in the evening, the physician will come in and see the patient, same thing, evaluate how the day went, what changes were made, what's the outcome that we're seeing for that patient, 
And instead of having two visits that uh, we can only submit one E&M for, we can combine those visits together. Now, the crazy thing is, is how do we report that? Well, okay, why would we want to report one the, who, you know, over the doctor versus the NP? Well, that's simple. That's a reimbursement thing. The NPPs are reimbursed at 85%. Fair enough. They don't really have the same level of education and licensure responsibility that the MDDO has, although I beg to differ on quality of care, but that's a whole nother topic, right? Um, so the NPPs are paid at 85% of the Medicare fee schedule, and the physicians are reimbursed at 100% of the Medicare fee schedule. Now, um, the funny thing is about shared and split visits is we got we to gotta go back for a second. We've got to talk about this benefit that we've had access to for a while now. So any of you that are familiar with Medicare, you know that split and shared visits was a Medicare benefit, um, very much like different benefits, your home health benefit, your prescription benefits, a different benefit. So split and shared was its own benefit for Medicare only until last year. So um, if you reviewed the new guidelines that came out from the AMA, under that very first section of time, the AMA identified that when two providers, two clinicians provide service on the same day for a patient in a facility, that that time could be joined. Like, whoa, we haven't had the AMA describe this ever. As a matter of fact, when we talk about split and shared visits, it was only located in one section of a Medicare manual, and it actually was removed late spring last year. I was listening to David Glazer present. I, I'm a huge fan of David Glazer. I think he just knows everything. Um, anyway, I was listening to him and he was like, did anybody realize that they took out the definition or the intention of split and shared visits from the Medicare manual? I immediately went and sure enough, it said, we've removed this content to provide you with an updated content later. So I had an idea at that time that we were going to see something in the proposal and then subsequently in the final rule there. But I, I didn't understand at the time why we were having that happen. And it was because AMA is now on board for these split and shared visits. You know, AMA doesn't talk about how they get paid. So it wasn't a matter of who gets paid. It was just a matter of saying that they, these visits could be combined. So final rule comes, Medicare adds the new definition of split and shared visit. And it is as clear as mud. Um, yeah. 2022 is going to be a difficult, difficult challenge for us. So let's see what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, split and shared visits when the non-physician practitioner and the physician both see the same patient on the same day, and they both are providing evaluation and management service. So this happens in a facility setting. So we're looking at your hospital inpatient, your hospital outpatient, observation status, ED. We're also looking at critical care in the hospital. We're looking at nursing facilities, so either skilled nursing facility or long-term care facilities. But we're not talking about the office. 
that is its own separate benefit. As a matter of fact, I had a wonderful chat with the City of Bay uh, AAPC chapter last night on Incident 2, which is the benefit that's provided for visits in the office. Uh, and we're not going to talk about that today. We've talked about it in the past, and we'll probably talk about it in the future again, because I don't think we can talk about these benefits enough. But for today, I just want you to know that we're not talking about um, visits that take place in an office setting or an outpatient setting that is not in a facility. So maybe your urgent care clinics and things like that. Um, although, if you check out some of the other payers besides Medicare, uh, Florida Blue, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, they also have a very similar methodology for reporting split and shared, and they allow it in an office setting. So check out your, your Florida Blue provider manuals and see what it says in there about these split visits. But let's go back to Medicare, because that's what we're focusing on today. We're talking about the Medicare benefit split and shared visits and in the new light of it. So the split and shared visits, we talked about that. It's only going to be in a facility setting. Um, split and shared visits have to be performed by two providers that are in the same group together and of the same specialty on subspecialty. Now, I get a lot of questions. Um, our NPP is a, a general provider and our physicians are specialists. Are those two different types of specialty subspecialty? Well, if you look in the CPT manual in the E&M guidelines under new and established patients, I think it's about the third paragraph in. Um, it tells you that when an NPP is working in the same group practice, as a physician, then that NPP is considered to be of the same specialty and subspecialty, regardless of their taxonomy. That's how the AMA views providers in a group together when they have non-physician practitioners in that group. So everybody's of the same specialty, subspecialty. You must work in the same group together. And you're providing, each one of you are providing individual visits face-to-face, non-face-to-face at the time of service. can be either for uh, new or established patients, initial or subsequent patients. Um, and again, this is just in a facility. So um, be careful when we're talking about other facilities. When we talk about nursing facilities, long-term care facilities, they have their own rules about who can see the patients initially, subsequently, things like that. So if, depending upon what facility you're seeing the patients in, just double check to see what the rules are for that facility for, for reimbursement purposes. So again, talking about just regular facility visits in the hospital, inpatient, observation, ED, things like that, the new rule says um, that whoever performs the substantive portion of the visit, I've heard that before, substantive portion of the visit. Um, and, and this means that there is a, you know, interaction there. It's more than just popping your head in. It's more than just introducing yourself to the patient. Hey, I'm Dr. So-and-so. 
Did you see my NP this morning? Wonderful. Glad you're feeling better. Take care. More than that, right? We have to have the components of those evaluation and management um, identified in documentation. So those components, again, for a facility in 2022 are a history component, an exam component, and medical decision-making component. Or they've added to the shared and split visits, whoever does the substantive amount of time with the patient as well. So let's break this down for you. Because like I said, 2023 is going to be great. It's only based on time. So whoever reports, you know, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, 20 minutes signs the note, dates the note, and we report it under their NPI, easy peasy. 2022, we still have all these guidelines that are there. So we have to be very careful. The substantive part of the visit, as it is reported in the final rule, talks about whether or not, whoever, it's not whether or not, but who provided either the level of history that's needed to report that level of service or the physical exam that is required to bill that level of service or medical decision-making required to select that level of service. So again, we're talking about 99231 for established or 99232 for established or 223 for a new patient, right? Who carried the full history to satisfy the 99223 or the full exam to satisfy 99223 or medical decision-making to satisfy 99223. So that's going to be the provider who provided that substantive portion of the evaluation and management. So if your NPP sees the patient for a, a pertinent history and the physician sees the patient for a medically appropriate complex exam, and then the NPP provides a portion of the medical decision-making, the physician provides a portion of that medical decision-making, and the medical decision-making supports maybe a, a, a different level. We can go to the exam component and use the exam component that the physician did in its fullest, in its entirety, to that highest level of of ENM and report that. So we're reporting the entire visit on the physician who provided the entire component to satisfy the the examination with the patient. Again, I know this is as clear as mud, right? Um, I will tell you that there's some awesome people out there. I think I mentioned Betsy earlier on. Uh, she has a table that, that's available to you. It's uh, that kind of breaks this down a little bit easier and it's a little more palatable. Um, the final rule does include a table to kind of assist in this interim period of selecting a level of service. However, it's, it's still, uh, it's going to take some time to get used to. The other thing that was in the final rule that we need to start using is a new modifier. So we have a modifier FS that is to identify split and shared evaluation and management services. So I don't know if the other providers are going to use this modifier. I know that CMS 
they're, you know, they're mandatory. It's mandatory. So for the last 13 days, if you were reporting any split and shared visits, those need to be submitted with that modifier FS to indicate that this was a split or shared visit to, to Medicare. Um, from a compliance perspective, I can tell you that having this modifier is going to make it much easier for CMS to do data mining or for the RAC to do data mining to find out who's reporting split and shared visits and if they're being reported correctly. So again, if I grab my crystal ball here, I am going to tell you folks that we need to make sure that we're reporting these split and shared very carefully because we've made it even easier with the modifier for Medicare to identify these types of visits if they want to take a look at them. And since the rule changed, um, again, I'm going to throw out my prediction that we're going to see Medicare taking a look at these types of visits to make sure that we're doing them correctly. So back to doing them correctly, right? So we have two clinicians that can report ENM services that are seeing the same patient in a facility on the same day. And we're going to report that visit in total based on the provider who performed the substantive portion, which again, in 23, it's going to be so much easier because it'll be based on time. So we'll easily be able to see that the NPP reported one time, 15 minutes, and that the uh, physician reported another time, 10 minutes. And then we'll easily be able to see that's the NPP who should sign the note, date the note, and then based on that signature, uh, we will report those services under the NPP. Again, they did 15 minutes, the physician did 10 minutes. Gonna be really easy in 2023, but we're not there yet. So we do have to continue to kind of find this happy median during 2022. And like I said, that's going to be based on who performed either the most time, more than 50% of the visit, or the level of history that's needed to report a service, or the level of exam that is needed to report that level of service or the medical decision-making that's going to be necessary to report that service. And whoever satisfies the component to the highest level, that's going to be the provider that we're going to submit that encounter or that claim under. Don't forget the modifier FS, right? So, um, like I said, there's a lot of information out there um, you can always go to the final rule. It's going to be CMS 1751F. There's a link and the link will be added to our YouTube channel there in case you want to dig into it yourself. Um, but you can read it yourself. It's massive. There's also a fact sheet that CMS puts out where they kind of paraphrase what is in the final rule there. And you'll see when you, you see that paraphrase there in the final rule that they, again, say the same thing, right? They're saying that this is our transition year, that, um, you know, this is the redefinition of split and shared. 
between the NPP and the physician in a facility setting where both of them see the patient on the same day. They both perform some components of evaluation and management and whichever provider met the level of service for that component, the highest level, or let's hope that they're documenting time. This is a great opportunity to re-educate our providers. And let me give you a tip on that because I found that sometimes as we educate our providers, it's a little difficult. They've been doing things for so very long a certain way that they're, they could be set in their ways. Not saying that they are, just saying that they could be set in their ways. Um, so a great thing to do is to grab that fact sheet from CMS or grab that final rule and maybe just highlight the area that describes the new guidelines and sit down with them. Maybe even show them the table that's in the final rule and say, look, um, when you're seeing the patients now, we have new rules, new guidelines. Let's have a chat about it. When you and Lisa, our, our PA, both see the patient today, then we need to make sure whoever documentation supports the substantive amount of time, face-to-face -face and non-face-to-face, -face, right? We still have to do orders on the floor, report with the nurse, you know, make sure the medications have been ordered, testing has been ordered, review that testing. There's still a lot that happens on the floor. So face-to-face -face and non-face-to-face, -face, whomever documents the most time. So that would be my first approach. Let's just talk time, right? Since that's where we're going to be in 23 anyway, and your components are going to be going away in 23. But if they are still really working with those components, you can explain that as the next step, or we're going to have to select that level of service based on which one of you performed the, the component to its highest level, which I, I'm just going to be, this is my personal opinion, but I think that um, Lisa, the PA is probably a better documenter than the doctor who's been doing this a really long time. Um, so you might want to just have that frank conversation. This is a great opportunity for you doc to kind of uh, revamp how you're reporting your, your documentation for your facility visits with the patient, you know, so just have that talk, have something in front of you, either the final rule, uh, that's going to be CMS 1751F. And I, I think the page that we're looking for is somewhere around, um, somewhere around maybe 430, 435, somewhere around there. Don't quote me on it. Go to the rule and look at it. But again, if you pull the whole final rule, um, you can highlight that section or pull the fact sheet, highlight that section and just say, you know, hey, doc, can we have a real quick 10 minute conversation so that I can share with you what the new guidelines are? Here's the 2022 transition and then the 2023. So we can get them ready. Um Let's see what comments and questions have come in, because I know this is a really big topic there. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. My friend is on here, Terry Fletcher, and she wants me to remind you guys, remind your providers that we're not just going to report any time. 
let's think about this logically. If you have a patient that's in a facility and they're in the facility because let's say um, they're having a hip replacement, right? And everything goes as expected. And so the follow-up visits with that patient, those visits might be, they may only warrant a very minimal visit. It might only be a five, 10 minute visit where you go in, check the patient. Um, if you're the primary care, you're, maybe you're checking to see that their CHF is okay or that their COPD is okay. And if everything's okay, that's not a 60 minute visit. Let's be honest when there's no problems that we have to really address and we're just monitoring them, that's not a 60 minute visit. A 60 minute visit, I would, as, a, as an auditor, I would expect to see probably, um, you know, that there was a complication, that we had to do some testing, maybe there was a specialist that came in. I would expect documentation to support that just as it would in any documentation when you're reporting time. Um, I, I, I heard someone once present and they gave a great analogy that when we're reporting time, that the documentation should have us nodding our heads. Yep, that took 20 minutes. Or yep, that took 40 minutes. So again, that, that someone reasonable would be able to look at those notes and reasonably nod their head and say, yep, I see that in there. So be careful with that time. It's not that we're just going to start saying every patient is a 99223 because of the time that was spent. The time has to be supported in the documentation and the overall criterion is medical necessity. Did this visit, was it medically necessary to spend 75 minutes on a patient that is asymptomatic and we haven't really done anything but just monitor? I don't know. I'm not a clinician. Maybe we do, but this is a really good opportunity for you to remember that, um, you know, if we're doing everything the right way, we're going to see the benefits, right? If we are not doing everything the right way, we're going to see audits. We know that there's a modifier. We know that that modifier is going to make it easy for data mining. We just want to make sure that we're doing everything the right way. So um, this is a great opportunity but it could also be a risk. So make sure that you have maybe even a, a plan in place. Add this to your compliance plan that you're going to monitor, let's say maybe middle of February, end of February, you're going to monitor, go in and do maybe a, a spot audit to see that the documentation is supporting, that you are using the correct modifier, that the person who performed the substantive part signed and dated the note. Um, that we're submitting for reimbursement. I think that's a really great idea. Let's look at a couple more questions that we have here. Let's see. My friend Betty is on here and she said the same thing. She says, you know, this is going to be one of those places that we're going to see some audits. So please be careful. Use this time to sit and have a chat with your providers. Let's see. Megan loves my crystal ball. I love my crystal ball too. I inherited it from my father who also had the crystal ball and well, he used it for other things to foresee. He knew what I was doing before I was even doing that. Hmm. Anyway, um, let's see. Any other questions? Whoever's, whoever documents full history exam or medical decision-making gets credit if no time is documented. So Angie, it's going to be whom, whichever one performed the level of 
one of those components that satisfies the level that's built. So if you're, a lot of times what happens is that the non-physician practitioner will go in and review the history. If it's a subsequent visit, um, they will do the physical exam and they will, um, you know, give some information for medical decision-making. If the physical exam or if the history meets the requirement for the 99223, then we could report that under the non-physician practitioner. But if the doctor comes in and they do a very brief history, review that, they do an examination again, um, but they do medical decision-making that supports 99223, then that's the provider that we would submit the claim under just during 2022. So like I said, this is as clear as mud, right? This is going to be our year to uh, really just do the best we can, right? Make sure we're reviewing. That audit that you're going to do in February is going to be crucial to make sure that your providers are doing it right. It's also, you know, not a lot of time has passed, so we don't have bad behaviors that are set in place that we can't redirect, right? So that's going to be a, a great opportunity there. Um, I think we're coming to the end of our time together. I think I have time for one more question. If anybody else has a question that they want to ask at this time about split and shared, if your practice needs some education on split and shared, feel free to reach out to us, Sterling Global Solutions. Uh, you can reach me by email, chall at Sterling Global Solutions. Um, we're, we're available to help you with your practice. Um, if your chapter needs a speaker and we want to talk about split and shared visits or my personal favorite incident too, mm -hmm. yes, then, then please reach out. We'd, we'd be happy to do that with you. And um, again, if you have any questions that you think of after the fact, reach out to us. The presentation will be available on YouTube. Make sure that you like our YouTube channel and you cl click the bell for notifications. And then that way, if you happen to miss one of our Coding with Christine Hall, you can pick it up afterwards. They'll notify you that the uh, recording has been uploaded and it's available for you to look at. Feel free to share this with your providers. It's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, um, but make sure that they do have that final rule in front of them or at very least the fact sheet in front of them so that they can see it in writing, right? It's not that Christine said so or that you said so, it's that CMS said so, right? Um, good luck to you all. I look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Um, please tell your friends. If each one brings one, then we can share that knowledge, right? So it's great to see you all today. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and I'll see you in two weeks, okay? Take care, everyone. Thanks for watching.